Howdy, y'all. I got some more uh, questions from you substackers that I still haven't got, got through as I'm rounding out the list of things that y'all have asked me in the past before I once again uh, ask for an entirely new list of questions. This is a good one. Uh, this is from Bryce. It says, sometimes you dress like Gilbert Fontaine Delator Daltrey from King of the Hill. Have you always been such a snazzy dresser? First off, big shout out for referencing an ancillary character from King of the Hill. King of the Hill, one of the most underrated shows of all time. Uh, also, one of my favorite, you know, I think a lot of people uh, don't think that people from the South uh, would like King of the Hill, maybe, because it's sort of poking fun at or taking the piss out of, but um, in my opinion, King of the Hill gets it 100% right, you know what I mean? And also, uh, King of the Hill is low-key a very progressive show, <laughs> like, like King of the Hill, Hank is not as overtly, you know, uh, archaical as, uh, as, as, oh my god, Archie Bunker, right, but they kind of do a similar thing, I know this question wasn't about King of the Hill, but listen, let me go, but they do a similar thing, whereas, um, they, they make, they get their progressive points across by making the main protagonist be, like, slightly against them, and then having to learn a lesson, you know, in that, and it really does a great job of, like, sometimes getting people uh, that don't get the joke, don't understand what they're trying to do, to also be entertained by the show. Like, dude, there's so many people, like, that genuinely believe that the humor from King, or not King of the Hill, but uh, All in the Family is supposed to come from the fact that Meathead's an idiot. And I'm not saying that's not true some of the times, but they don't realize that, like, Archie is not the good guy in the show. He's the thing that's being poked fun at, right? And I think King of the Hill often does a similar thing. You know, they use they use Hank and Bobby's relationship as, you know, to, like, sort of represent that generational divide. Uh, and, of course, sometimes Bobby is, is wrong because he's a stupid kid, but oftentimes it's, it's Bobby who is right, and Hank you know, just needs to understand that we don't live in the 50s and 60s anymore. I know that's not the question. The question <laughs> bears repeating. Corey, sometimes you dress like Gilbert Fontaine, Delator Daltrey from King of the Hill. Have you always been such a snazzy dresser? Um, I, for one, don't. You could, If you definitely ask my wife, she would not say that I'm a snazzy dresser. And Bryce, I'm sure that you're being at least a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I have, I have jokingly claimed myself to be a fashion icon. Uh, <laughs> but the thing about me being a snazzy dresser and you saying that is that I actually don't know which particular style you're referring to because I don't, in my opinion, I don't really have one set style. You know, I sort of, I dress exactly how I am, in my opinion, which is all over the place depending on the day and depending on my mood you know it's like some days I consider myself a stand-up comedian some days I consider myself a writer sometimes some days I consider myself you know oh well I'm a humorist I'm an entertainer I'm whatever I'm, I'm different from day to day and uh, while that is definitely confusing for a lot of people it's like literally the only way I know how to be and dressing is no different because sometimes 
you know, I'm wearing a football jersey with matching sweatpants and a matching hat and matching Jordans. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm feeling a little bit more dress up. I'll wear a quarter zip with a nice pair of jeans and a nice pair of shoes, you know what I mean? And then sometimes I'm like, oh, it's Hawaiian shirt day. Uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's sequence jacket day, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know, I'm just all over the place. Like, I, I, I have like, um, I have like a functioning, a functioning and not severe type of schizophrenia, with the, the kind that's not dangerous. It only affects like my my personality and my creativity, if that makes that makes sense. I'm not de- trying to demean schizophrenia, but you know what I'm saying in that. Like I think of the Verve Pop. I think it's Bittersweet Symphony. I, I'm a million different people from one day to the next. I can change. Uh, and, and that's just me, you know, it, what I wear is completely dependent on how I feel a certain day. And sometimes I'll like convince myself like, Oh, this is how I'm going to dress from now on. And I'll like go out and, you know, buy a tweed jacket and I'll be like, yeah, you look good in this. This is what I'm going to do from now on. And then like five days later, I'm like in my fresh prints of Bel Air basketball Jersey. Um, but I've always been a different type of dresser and I genuinely think the reason is because my dad um, he's self-employed he's an entrepreneur which like it kind of one of the reasons that I went into the business that I did like I always wanted to be a comedian since I was five years old but I think because of my dad being self-employed and me understanding at an early age you know what that kind of meant I, I always had it in me to go into business for myself which is what entertainment is like I'm a I'm a freelancer you know well because of that dad worked at home a lot and he wore whatever the hell he want he wanted you know like dad would be at work wearing a pair of uh god damn it y'all remember those uh the shoes that you pumped up with you press the button on them and it, and it air, put air in them to make them fit tighter I think they literally might have been called pumps I can't remember they just made a comeback recently but those were big when I was a kid and my dad was like you know my age now and uh, he would wear, you know, sweatpants with some cool sneakers, and he'd wear his Dan Marino jersey, and he'd have a hat on backwards, and like, you know, dad was just cool as fuck. And uh, I'd see all the other dads dressed, you know, how they had to be dressed for work. And I, my dad was not trying to be cool. My dad was just being himself, and it was just so cool. And I was like, man, I got, that's what I'm gonna do, is just dress however the fuck I want. And dad still does it. Like, I remember my dad used to wear neon shoes and shit all the time, because he just kind of liked shit like that. And you know, I've always just been someone who, like, uh, I definitely wear things that a lot of my friends would never wear because they'd be worried that people were going to make fun of them. But I just wear what makes me happy. And uh, most of my friends will always compliment me in a way of saying, like, man, you're literally the only dude I know that can pull that off. And I'm like, here's the thing, though. Pulling something off, in order to pull something off, in my opinion, you just got to do it. Just be unashamed. Just just be like, this is what I'm doing. It's all about confidence, baby. And while I am, uh, while I am, you know, a complete uh, neurotic person who has a very low self-esteem in some regards, you know, I also have a lot of confidence. I don't think I can deny that. Well, I talked about King of the Hill too long. What's next? All right here. Jack says, do you guys do meet and greets after the well-read shows? Uh, would it be inappropriate to buy you guys a drink after the show? Uh, Jack, we do. We do do that. Uh, and it wouldn't be inappropriate to buy us a drink, but I would not recommend you do so just because 
unless it's a very strange situation. Matter of fact, this has never happened. We drink for free <laughs> wherever we're at, you know, like uh, whether it be a comedy club and the bar just hooks us up and we tip the tip the wait staff or, you know, we're at a theater and we have a, enough, we have a certain amount of money that's set aside in our contract for them to supply us with drinks. So, you know, don't waste your money. Don't waste your money on that, brother. You know, save that, uh, save that $5 that you would spend on a beer and instead just buy another month of this Substack. That's what might make me happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, also, I mean, realistically, it just depends on, you know, sometimes whether or not, like, I'm trying to hang out after the show is, like, completely contingent on the day that I'm having or the night that I'm having. You know, like I said earlier, like, I, I can be a different person from one day to the next. Uh, dude, there's sometimes where, you know, we have a one-nighter somewhere have a great show I've got a lot of energy and it's like oh I've got a late flight tomorrow and I don't have anything to do the rest of the week I'm gonna go out and party and if some of the fans come with hell yeah that's cool which like you know Burt Kreischer does that every night I don't have it in me every night but then there's sometimes where it's like we're at the end of a run we've been on the road for a long time I've got an early ass flight the next day and I'm just trying to, you know, do the meet and greet and, and give people adequate time to hang out and be entertaining and be charming, but then go to bed. And uh, that's when sometimes it can be a little annoying when you have that fan who, like, won't take no for an answer on, like, hey, let me get you a drink. Oh, no, no, I'm good. But no, for real. Then they just show up with shots, and now I'm a dickhead if I don't do it. And... Uh, and you know so it, it's really just like a night to night thing but on most occasions most all occasions i will be happy to have a beer with you but you do not have to pay for it uh don't don't waste your money nelly asks if you were to be face to face with marjorie taylor green what would you say to her uh this is probably going to disappoint a lot of y'all but probably nothing unless she asked me a question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, probably, I'm definitely not going to go out of my way to say something to her. You know, like, if she asked me a question, I would be honest with her and whatever the question was. But, like, I definitely wouldn't go out of my way to talk to her because, like, dude, what's the point? Like, what am I trying to accomplish? Like, the only way that that would benefit me in any way is if, like, the camera was on and I got some funny line in but like I don't know I don't usually make it a habit to harass anyone regardless of if they are a huge piece of shit you know like I just you know I'm just I'm just gonna ignore and move on because the thing is like what's the benefit here like do you think I'm gonna be able to say something that's gonna change Marjorie Taylor Greene's mind on how she conducts her business and how she goes about her politics and stuff no dude way smarter people than me have said way smarter things to her that she totally understands and knows that they're knows what they're saying is the truth and just disregards it because it doesn't help her personal gain so like you know I've got nothing to gain and only shit to lose because let me tell you something with the people who are huge fans of hers and I truly truly believe that like there's less of those people today than there were four years ago 
But to the people who were like rabid fans of hers, bro, we're talking about genuine psychopaths here. <laughs> genuine psychopaths who like don't need much of a push to go off the cliff of trying to make my life a living hell in a physical way. You know, I don't give a shit if these people, you know, clown me on the internet or whatever. Like, that's okay. But, like, these people can be, you know, violent. Um, I mean, there was a dude who was running against Marjorie Taylor Greene, just running against her, not, not really, you know, running some sort of smear campaign or whatever, just running against her. And he ended up, the reason that she ran unopposed is because Marjorie Taylor Greene's people and her supporters and stuff, like, they threw shit at his house, they threatened his wife and family, you know, all that stuff. It's scary shit, man. And, um, and look, I have always been more than willing, uh, (laughs) to die for the sake of being right, but it's not just me anymore. It's my son, it's my wife, it's my family, and, uh, I don't want to have anything to do with none of that bullshit, which is why... I always laugh at people who, they, usually when someone brings up Marjorie Taylor Greene to me, they're asking me to run and beat her because I'm from uh, the same area. And I, when that first started happening, I always was just like, oh yeah, haha, the, you know, the joke is, is that uh, she's so bad that even someone as wholly unqualified as you should run, Corey, that would be better. Uh, and while I agree that it would definitely be better because regardless of whether I know what I'm doing or not, I at least wouldn't actively try to destroy America, so that would be better. Um, like, dude, if any of y'all, like, if, but some people made it very clear, like, no, I'm serious, you'd be a perfect, you know, congressperson, like, you're, you're smart, and you're, you know, these are people that don't truly know me, <laughs> like, you're smart, and, you know, you seem like a good guy, and all that stuff, and I just laugh my ass off, uh, but 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 more than just being like guys I shouldn't run just because I'm not qualified and we need to actually we need to start putting these people up on more of a pedestal instead of just going hey Trump won therefore a comedian can be a congressman we need to start advocating for qualified people to get back into these positions cuz they're important and we need them but more so than that dude even if hypothetically I could be convinced that I was qualified and would do a good job uh, I'm not gonna, I would never put my family through that, dude. Like, I get, I get raked through the coals enough just being, you know, a kind of outspoken comedian and shit. Death threats, you know, fucking, you know, dudes saying all these things they're gonna do to my wife. Like I said, just being a comedian, it's enough. I can't even imagine the hailstorm I would unleash on my family. And the thing is, is like, number one, I don't even know that I could handle it. But even if I could handle it, it's not fair for me to ask my whole family to handle it. Like, they they didn't ask for none of that. They didn't deserve it. And it would just be, it would be insane. And uh, back to the original question, unless Marjorie Taylor Greene literally addressed me and asked me a question, I wouldn't say a goddamn word to her. Okay, well, that's enough of that for today because uh, I'm sure y'all can tell I can't breathe. (laughs) It's gotten progressively worse as I've been walking. I just got this dadgum, this fall snot, dude, that I can't shake. Man, I'm starting to seriously consider. And listen, I do not have the money for this at this time. 
But I totally understand the appeal of people who have the money to do it and go to Florida for the winter. I, I, did, I get it. <laughs> and it's not the cold that bothers The cold don't bother me, y'all. And I know that a lot of y'all are probably the same way. It's the when the days are varying temperatures, like when it when it fluctuates 40 to 50 degrees within two days, my body can't handle it. And I literally stay sick the entire month of November and, and December. Then in January, when it levels out and it's like, okay, it's just cold, I'm totally fine. But in these fucking months where the weather don't know what it wants to be, I'm sick, and every goddamn year, just like with daylight savings time, every goddamn year, it hits me by surprise, out of nowhere, as if this doesn't happen to me all the fucking time. I get confused, what? I'm just fucking sick. And then finally I remember, oh yeah, this happens all the time. And as much as I would not want to live in Florida for a myriad of reasons, although I mean, I, I enjoy Florida when I vacation there, because I genuinely like the cold, if it would make me not be sick, and therefore I could get more shit done, and feel good, yeah, I understand why rich people just move around to the ideal climates all year. It makes so much fucking sense. Uh, anyways, appreciate y'all being here. I'm currently working on this week's Chickaluki story, which will be out tomorrow. And uh, working on some more cool stuff, me and Sister Tasha, for you. We're excited to bring you the... Uh, Pastor Petey's sermon this Sunday. It's going to be a humdinger. Lord God, y'all, I'm having so much fun writing all this stupid bullshit. Y'all have no idea how much it thrills me that y'all are interested in it and, uh, you know, support me with your interest on this journey that I genuinely hope to be a lifelong journey of creating this fictional town and telling these stories which obviously uh i'm sure some of y'all have gathered <laughs> i live in chickamauga so yes chickaluki is very very influenced by my by my place by my people and uh some of the stories i'm writing are loose ad- adaptations of things that have really happened that i have always wanted to tell but i've never wanted to throw anybody under the bus even though the shit's funny. <laughs> so now I'm like, eh, well, I'll just make them fake. <laughs> make them fake characters and it'll be fine. And uh, I'm having a blast doing it. And uh, I can't wait to see, you know, what this shit looks like this time next year. You know, like how much more paint we got on the house, so to speak, of, uh, you know, making Chickaluki not just be the fictional town but itself being a character you know what i mean does that make sense um it does to me (laughs) it very much does to me and uh i'm having fun and thank y'all for being citizens of chickaloke and hey to those of you who are on this substack and you're like yeah i'm not really in i don't enjoy that uh i hate it i wish you would quit Corey. Well, I'll say, A, I'm not going to quit, but B, you know, you can still expect the same old, same old on this substack. I'm not going to stop doing things. I'm just always adding things. Um, and, uh, you know, we, whatever. It's your prerogative. Eh, you're allowed. I'm very aware that I'm not for everybody. <laughs> I'm not for everybody by 
a long stretch of the phrase uh, I will never achieve <laughs> like worldwide global success or fame no matter how hard I try because I'm so niche and I'm not for everybody and uh, not only have I accepted that but uh, I thrive on it <laughs> you know what I mean because um, once you can really just focus on the work and trying to put your best foot forward and caring about the product uh, more than the seller, the seller being me, I just find everything to be more worthwhile. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, look, I may not be adored by millions, but if the same 100,000 or so just keep fucking with me my whole life and appreciating what I do. I mean, goddamn, what more could a dude ask for? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, who gives a shit? Uh, anyways, well, I'm off on a tangent right now. Love y'all. I will talk. I'll see y'all tomorrow with some Chickalooky stuff, and then on Sunday for Pastor Petey, and then who knows uh, if a wild hair arises, some other shit in between. Take care of yourself and your family and never take anything for granted. And, uh, you know, cliche as it is, don't sweat the small stuff. And, hey, baby, it's all small stuff. Love you. See you, bye.